Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover, Alicia McCormack. You are listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I am very happy to have Jessica from the thebudgetsavvybride.com back on to help me out with your question and answers. You've uh, been very, very good to me this week. I've had uh, emails aplenty coming out of my ears and I hope we've got time to cover them all today. Thank you so much for joining me again, Jessica. Oh yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Now, Jessica, budgetsavvybride.com is the place to go for budget ideas. Anything you need to plan a wedding on a budget, this is where you go. That's all I'm going to say about it. If you haven't visited, you should. <laughs> yes, please do. Come visit me. <laughs> and we, we we said this before, Jessica's been on the show a few times now, and we always sort of say, the word budget is not a dirty word, and even if you've got a million bucks, you're still on a budget. Absolutely. Um, I hate that there's you know even a small stigma about being on a budget, because lots of brides consider themselves to be on a budget if they know how much they have to spend. Um, yes. Everybody's got a budget. you got to work with what you got. And it's funny, you know, I live um, I live in London and I live near a very hoity-toity neighborhood called Chelsea. You might have heard of Chelsea. Oh, yes. It's Chelsea. And it is one of those places I always look – you can go there on a Saturday morning and you can see the Maseratis, all the, the, the football players, the soccer players, you know, drive their expensive cars up and down the street. And the women are very wealthy women. But if there is a sale on on King's Road – the big shopping shopping road. Those rich ladies, they'd cut a bitch to get a discount. You watch these women. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of you know you go really wealthy women you think wouldn't get flustered by sales. They're killing each other to get their expensive stuff. Beating each other with the shoes. Yes, the shoe yes, I can the, picture it. Yeah, <laughs> threatened. You know, they're strangling with the Hermes, you know, scarves. So it always makes me think, even if you've got a lot of money. Everyone's after a bargain. Everyone wants something for cheaper. I think it just makes people feel smart when they get a good deal on oh, something. You're right. I feel, I, I feel really smug when I save money. There's a, there's a glow that comes over me that I just don't get in any other part of my life. <laughs> it is a special feeling. Mm, it really is. And what I love about what you do as well and, and the message, you, I, I will link and I've done it before, but you've, you've got yes. a wonderful graphic manifesto that I will – I post as much as I can because I think it, it says exactly what I'm trying to say as well with the podcast. When did you come up with that? I think I wrote that maybe – I just definitely wanted something that, you know, embodied all the values, I guess, that the Budget Savvy Bride holds dear to our hearts and hopes that, you know, brides who feel the same way would read it and say, oh, this is my this is my wedding this, planning yes. site. yeah. And and I always read it and nod along and go, yes, this is what I'm trying to say. You said it so well. Thank you. Yeah. So let's get to uh, let's get to it. I've got a couple of questions. Chloe wrote to me and she says, "Hello, Alicia. I love your podcast. I listen to it on the train. There are definitely lots of weirdos on my line." <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm always saying, if you haven't heard, I do some little promos where I say it blocks out the weirdos. If you put podcasts on, you can forget some of the crazies that are on the train or bus with you. 
She yes, says, yeah. oh, so many crazies. She says, uh, I'm getting married in October this year and I'm trying to figure out the best way to let my friends know it will be a kid-free wedding. My fiancé and I have lots of friends with babies and kids and we are fearful that if they brought them all along, it would turn into a nursery. Some of our friends are a little hesitant to use babysitters, so I'm trying to figure out a way to break the news to them gently so as not to upset anyone. Any advice you can give would be much appreciated. Thank you, Chloe, for the question. I think that's a really, really great question because I think a lot of people are in that boat. What do you reckon, Jessica? Yeah, I feel like I hear this from a lot of people and it, it can be difficult because obviously there are family relations involved. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or put them out. But mm. um, from everything that I've learned, I think the best way to kind of convey that is I've seen people include on their invitation. This is the wedding ceremony followed by an adult reception. Yeah. Um, and just leave it at that. And if people have questions, they're probably going to call you and ask you about it to clarify. And you might have to have a little bit of an uncomfortable talk, but that's a priority to you to not have screaming children in the background of your, of your, you know, romantic wedding reception, then you have every right to to make that choice. So hopefully friends and family will respect your choices. And, and yeah, I think that's probably the best way to kind of convey that. I also think we, we chose to uh, ask people not to bring their kids and I've just found our wedding invitation, the way we worded it. And I, I always think if you make it fun and non-threatening, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it can be a bit, people take it a bit easier. So we found some wording online and tweaked it a bit. And we said, unless they're teeny tiny, please leave your little ones. And we've got in, in brackets, supervised, of course, at home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And it was sort of nice because I also think parents, of course, we had a couple of newborns. We seemed to, it was like we had three people that were pregnant and due the week of our wedding, three friends. So we, we didn't know, obviously they weren't going to probably make the, the, the trip, but we had two little tiny wee baby bubbers at our wedding. And of course they were there, but I think it's nice for parents also to say, maybe this is the first night that they can go and let their hair down a little bit, take that sort of plunge of leaving the kids at home and having a night to themselves, making it an adult night, like you were saying. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what parent doesn't appreciate a little adult time themselves? It can be difficult if they're traveling out of town, perhaps, you know, to attend a wedding, you know, do they leave the kids at home at home or do they bring them with them and get a babysitter at the location where the wedding is? You know, that can be a little tricky, but, you know, I think for the most part, parents should enjoy themselves and, and not have to worry about keeping the kids under control or any sort of nightmare temper tantrum situation. Yeah. And it can be distracting. I don't mean to sound like a jerk when I say this, but with, yeah, with kids running around and I've been to some weddings where kids have been feral, just running around like it's a jamba gym, you know, just going, <laughs> this is not, this is not what it's about. <laughs> oh, it makes me sound awful. Chloe, I hope that we've helped you. I'm sure we've helped you. I think you've just got to go with your gut and and if your friends have some sort of problem with it, discuss it early early in the piece and make sure that they understand that's not what you want. Yeah. And I mean, if there is always an option to hire a babysitter, maybe like at the hotel where you've, you know, got your room blocks and the, you know, anyone with children who's brought them can leave them with a babysitter or something like that. That's a great you idea. Know. You could all chip in if the, if, if the hotel has, I mean, lots of hotels have childminding services and who are using really reputable childminding services with their business. So maybe you could say, hey, if you are really keen to not have the kids 
roaming the streets uh, on their own, hire a babysitter through the hotel. Yeah, very, very good point. Good one. Look at us, solving problems. Now, Jessica, (laughs) (laughs) on my Q&A episodes, I like to get to know you a little bit more as well. So I have a question. Would you rather hike or bike? Oh, good question. Hmm. Bike, I think, because I haven't ridden a bike in a really long time, so that sounds fun. Do they have free bikes? (laughs) Jessica's in New York City. Do you have the city bikes there or do they not do that? They do. They have city bikes here in New York City. Um, unfortunately, they do not have any stations anywhere near my apartment. Um, so I actually haven't uh, taken advantage of that yet. So once it warms up, I would like to for sure. Yeah, we have them in London. They call them Boris bikes because the mayor of London is uh, called Boris and he implemented the the bikes and they are yeah. marvelous not great for winter riding i have no. you know you do freeze your ass off but wonderful way to see a city and get out and not have to actually purchase a bike so good on you would you like a night out or an evening in we spend a lot of evenings in so i would probably go for a night out where would you go if i were to say tonight's the night i you know living in new york city and being a frugal person we spend lots of nights in so that occasionally we can splurge on a nice Ooh. night out so, I mean, one thing I obviously love to do being here is to go see a show. There's so much wonderful entertainment and theater in New York. So that's like always a special treat. Have you always been a New York City person? Not always. I only moved here um, about two years ago. Um, wow. But, but I, I had an internship uh, in the city when I was in college and just totally fell in love and knew that someday I wanted to live here for real. And so we moved here two years ago. It's big city living is uh it's it's exciting it can be frustrating it can be crazy but it's also what yeah like you said there's always something to see and do love it yeah it's true it's there's never um a lack of options more <laughs> more often than not i'm overwhelmed by all of the options yes, available me to me and then we end up just staying home going oh it's too much Let's watch <laughs> some netflix <laughs> I have a question from Jen. Now, Jen wrote to me. I love it. She's she's uh, prolific. It's fantastic. She wrote to me and said, please stop beeping my swearing. We're all adults. So people might remember me reading her past email out. But she's written again saying, when I got engaged, I asked my dad if he would help me with the wedding expenses. He said, yes. No number, though. I tried hinting at it with him and his wife. My parents are divorced, but no dramas. But all I get is, quote, doesn't need to be too big. Or when I talk about an expensive venue, he says, we could do that if you really want, but please keep looking. It started to stress me out so bad. In three months, I haven't done anything for the wedding. I'm starting to think about postponing it just to avoid the stressing paying for it on my own. What should I do? He's a little cherry on top. Also, my religious family already tried to get me to marry sooner, so a ride of Bibles will rain on my head if I wait. (laughs) <laughs> oh jen i love you i don't know what oh. do we do jessica it's jen's got a families are hard it's so hard and honestly like i could feel this weight on my chest lis- listening yeah. to you read this letter because i feel like so many people get into this situation and that's why one of the things that i always recommend starting with is figuring out your budget from the very beginning and those conversations with your family can be really uncomfortable yeah. But I think at some point you really do need to sit down and have like an honest conversation with your dad and ask him, you you know, you need a number, you need a figure, you need hard amounts. Mm. So you know what you have to work with because the easiest way or, you know, the quickest way to end up going over budget is to not know how much you have to work with to start with. 
Yeah, without a budget, you have you have no idea. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be uncomfortable, but if he has agreed to to contribute to the wedding, you really kind of need to get him to be specific with you so that you know how much you have to work with and you can make up for whatever else yourself or you can get a better game plan because yeah. it's it's just so tough if you don't know what you have to work with. Do you think from your experience, especially you, you have so many great real weddings on Budget Savvy Bride, have you seen sort of manipulation? I, I use that in a way, and I'm not saying it's on purpose, but when other people are contributing cash to your wedding, do you think there's a power play there? Because it certainly seems with Jen's dad that he is holding that money to ransom a little bit to get whatever he wants out of it. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, obviously when other people are involved in the financial aspect of the wedding, that they therefore feel that they have, you know, control over things and can veto decisions. And in some cases that, that might be true, especially if, you know, they're contributing the majority amount of the budget. But I mean, I think, I think those are just, I mean, that's honestly like the toughest part of wedding planning is, is just having those conversations and figuring it out because you don't want to be in a power struggle with your family members over a day that obviously means a lot to them, but it's, it's your day, you know? Mm. And if Jen wants to, I mean, I mean, she sort of said, I, I feel sad and like exactly like you sort of said, I feel this weight of thinking the wedding planning should be really fun. And the fact she's decided to avoid wedding planning for the past three months because of this this problem that she's having with this communication thing with her dad makes me really sad. Yeah, it is sad. And I feel like also, you know, the longer you let those sort of like issues and frustrations fester, they have a chance to kind of blow up in your face. Yeah. So it, I think it's really best to to talk about it as soon as possible and to try to get some solid figures just so you know what you have to work with. And so you can either, you know, adjust the length of your engagement if you need to save more money or, you know, adjust your expectations or, you know, make some sacrifices and what maybe your original vision was if it's not as much as you were hoping for. It's just, you got to all be on the same page, I think. And, and I think, you know, you're right. And if it's not, if he's not willing to, you know, will give you that figure or, or come to some sort of decision, maybe it's good for Jen to branch out and, and pay for it on her own and say, all right, we're not getting married for another year, but we're going to do it our way and not necessarily have that element of control attached to it if it's a problem. Right. Yeah, it's big decisions. Jen, I we wish you so well. And also, look, you've made the point about your family being religious. Oh, look, they've just got to own it. They've just got to deal with it themselves. It's not your problem. <laughs> I mean that in the sense of saying, hey, they'll get the wedding when they get the wedding. Right. Yeah, they should all just take a deep breath and be happy they have a lovely person like you in their lives, Jen. So thank you so much for writing. We hope we've helped in some way and continue to write to me. I love getting your emails there it is family problems oh my lord weddings and families do create some craziness yeah that's this that's the stressful part i think and it brings out i've said this before but people i i talked recently about um and i've talked a lot about expectations but also a lot of people's expectations are not communicated until you don't actually meet them <laughs> so 
you know, your parents sort of go, well, I wasn't expecting you to do that. You go, well, we've never talked about that. I have no idea that's what you wanted. And so, you know, they sort of get chitty with you for not doing something the way they want to do it, but they've never talked to you about it. So it's like, we're not all mind readers. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, communication in any relationship is super important, but especially the regards to the wedding planning, especially parents, they might have certain ideas in mind about how things should go or things that they want to include. So I think just having discussions with everybody is important for sure. I, when I was planning my own wedding, um, apparently my father didn't know that it was tradition for the father of the bride to give a speech at (laughs) wedding reception. When did he find this one out, Jessica? Well, like two weeks before or maybe the week before I'm like, so have you worked on your toast? He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, dad, you're the father of the bride you have to give a toast at the wedding. And he was just like, well, how was I supposed to know that? (laughs) Have you never seen a wedding on a TV show? Have you ever been to a wedding? Like, this is not news. But to him, he had no idea. Oh, I love it. I feel like we might need, maybe we should start this sort of family board, board meeting when you get engaged and you go, all right, everyone sit around the table and we're going to air our grievances, Seinfeld style, and we're going to figure out what you want and what you don't want, and then we're going to do whatever we want, but let's just get it all out in the open. Dad, you're going to do a speech, right? Mum, you need to calm down and just go around and let everyone say what they want and maybe say, hey, you're going to contribute five grand? Thanks. Great. We'll add that to the kitty. Now, shh, be quiet. And let's go around (laughs) and stop everyone from being mental. (laughs) Put that in a bloody, put that on a t-shirt. Oh dear. Look, I got worked up then, Jessica. I got a little bit, <laughs> bit stressed. <laughs> oh, while I calm down, uh, listen to this. I've had a little deep breath now. I think I've relaxed again, Jessica. Sorry about that. I got a bit worked up. <laughs> it happens. Wedding planning. Oh, it's, I think, I think it's just reading these emails and I, I get them and I get a bit stressed for the people. I need to just help them solve the problem, but not take on the problem myself. I'm too connected. Uh, are you a HSP? Because I am. I always take on other people's stress and worry. Oh, it's I like do. A, a symptom of being a highly sensitive person. What do you think? I mean, I worry. It's funny. I was thinking about, you know, sometimes we're not all perfect. I make mistakes. I do shoddy editing sometimes and I listen back to my podcast and think, oh, I could have done that better. Are you a worrier? Yes. Mm. I I think I I, I would like to say I'm really cool and I'm not a worrier, but I think deep down I'm a worrier. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm the person who has like a conversation with somebody and then I'll realize I said something kind of stupid. (gasps) Me too. And I'll replay it in my head like a bajillion times. I hate the replay. Myself sick. <laughs> I hate the replay. The other night I went to, and this is silly because I'm in a new city. I'm trying to meet new people and I'm trying to get out and about and see, you know, go to fitness classes and just do stuff to say, hey, I'm not just a shut in. And um, I went to a fitness class and I booked online and I just bought one pass for it. And for some reason, it had printed the wrong name on the ticket and I got there and I gave it to the the, the fitness the oh instructor. My God, the instructor. What's happened to my mind? <laughs> I gave her my ticket. She said, oh, is your name Kara? And I'm like, no, it's Alicia. And she said, don't worry, I'll just tick the name Kara off on the list. And of course, three people behind me is the real Kara. Oh and in front of this whole big group, this woman said, did you not really buy a ticket? And I'm just like, oh, my God. 
I did buy a ticket and then I got on my iPhone and of course everyone's running around. I'd never been to this class before and everyone's running around setting up equipment, which I didn't know what I needed because it was my first class. So I'm panicking and uh, <laughs> I found my receipt and I'm like, I've, I've got, got the ticket. I promise I paid for it. Here's a receipt. <laughs> and she made a real hullabaloo about it. But you know, through that whole bloody class, I'm replaying this incident over and over again and it was nothing. I got home and told Rich and he's like, are you kidding? They're idiots. Don't worry about it. And I'm still worried. <laughs> Clearly, it's still affecting me four days later. Thanks I for do that. the same thing. Do you? <laughs> I do. We just need to breathe. I should have gone to a yoga class and not a pump class. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First mistake. Yeah, exactly. Claire has sent me an email, and I know from her email signature, she's a realtor. So I think she's good with money. She knows how to negotiate. I like this sort of people. Claire says, uh, as the bride... Do I have to buy my groom a present for the wedding day? Does he have to buy me one? Uh, in the whole schmozzle that is our wedding and spending on everything, are presents expected of the significant other? Is our presence in each other's lives not present enough? I love her. I love this already. She <laughs> says, my maid of honor says, yes, I should buy him a present because he will buy me one. Is that the reason to buy a gift? And then there is the present for the bridesmaid. Is there supposed to happen too? My presence of mind is is a bit stressed about all these presents. <laughs> what do you think I should do? What would Alicia do? Oh, Claire, I love you so much. And uh, let's go, Jessica. Hit me. What do you reckon? Well, I think as far as, you know, the bride and groom exchanging gifts, you guys should probably just talk about it ahead of time. Um, it was something that um, my husband and I didn't really think about until maybe a few weeks before the wedding. And, you know, we decided to exchange something small, but um, it's definitely not expected, I don't no, think. I agree. Um, if you guys want to talk about it and decide, I mean, my husband and I don't even get each other gifts for Valentine's Day or anything like oh, that. So <laughs> We don't either. It's like it really, honestly, and this is going to sound really bad considering I host a wedding planning podcast, but we got to two days before our last wedding anniversary and we're like, oh, oh that's in a couple of days. And we, look, we went and had a glass of champs at a lovely bar, but we it's we're pretty chilled out with these sort of events so yeah same same with us i just think there's a lot of pressure to buy more stuff these days exactly like maybe instead of exchanging you know gifts on the day of the wedding maybe you know you book a nice couple's massage on your honeymoon or something i like that treat yourself you know yeah you deserve Um, it exactly but it should be totally up to you i don't think it's required by any means I did, um, I recently had a celebrant called Josh Withers. He's an Aussie celebrant and he said, uh, and it's just very coincidental. We were talking about gifts and Rich bought me a bracelet, a beautiful bracelet on our wedding day. And I had no idea it was coming and I did not buy him anything. Oh. And Josh said his wife also bought him. I can't remember the gift, but it was something sort of small, but very significant. And I said, look, I felt like such a jerk. I had this moment of going, oh, my gosh, I'm marrying the most amazing man. But I was not expecting a gift and we'd never talked about it. So I think it was a lovely gesture. But, you know, I've said to him before, completely unnecessary, but wonderful, but unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) And do you, I mean, do you feel like he was put off because you didn't have something for him? Absolutely not. No way. It was like he actually – um. Where we got married, there was a small sort of little private house and you could go and the bridesmaids and I were all down there getting ready. And the caterer, uh, who were all setting up 
at the venue, they came down with a bottle of champagne and this box for me to unwrap. So they delivered it to me while Aww. I was getting my hair and makeup done. So I'd been running around in quite a fluster prior to that. So it was, you know, unexpected. I was like, what's this box? What's going on? But, um, he wrote a beautiful card and it was a lovely moment. But I think Claire should not have to be concerned with, especially if she's on a budget. I think you're right. Having a chat and just saying, let's do something special together or we're planning this whole wedding. Isn't that present enough? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're obviously getting wedding bands that you're going to be putting on at That's your- That's a gift. You're right. Money, and those ain't cheap, I'm sure. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. And and what do you think about all this bridesmaid stuff? Because I'm in, I'm in, I'm in two minds about the whole uh, faff surrounding giving bridesmaids 50 million presents. (laughs) I sound like an old grouchy lady just then. I apologize. No, you don't. I, I think it's interesting too. I think, you know, obviously when it comes to your bridesmaids, they are sacrificing a lot and in some ways to be there with you. And part of that is because they love you. But I think it's nice to thank them with a gift of some sort. But I I, I agree. Like over the last several years, it seems like people have gotten a little over the top with the gifts for the bridal party. And if you're in a financial situation to be able to afford that and you want to do that for your friends, that's great. I mean, when I got married, I was like pretty broke. So I didn't have as much to spend. And now looking back, like I sometimes feel a little bad about it, but that was where I was at, at that time in my life. And I think that my bridesmaids appreciated what I was able to do for them, even though it wasn't a ton. Those people are by your side because they love you and they want to be, and they're not there just because they're expecting some sort of present. So, and, and also I think there's ways to, if, 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 you know, I think we've talked about this before about if your bridesmaids are wearing um, different dresses or they bring their own dresses. If you bought them a necklace or a pashmina or something to go on the day, that's a lovely gift that's also usable over and over again as well, I suppose, without it being, I think my, my, my gripe is when they're saying, you need to give a bridesmaid a present to say, will you be my bridesmaid? You need to give a bridesmaid a present to say, thank you for organizing this, blah, 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 blah. It's like this continual present factory and. Yeah. It feels a little overkill, oh, perhaps. I walked by Bloomingdale's the other day, and I saw that massage chair. We want to get Joe Mayo as an apartment gift. An apartment warming gift? We got to give presents to people for moving? It's birthdays, Christmas, it's enough gifts. I would like one month off. Kramer said it's a perfect gift. That's what we're getting them. All right, but we're not buying it at Bloomingdale's. I will buy it. You pay me back later. I'll sniff out a deal. I have a sixth sense. Cheapness... Is not a sense. It does. I mean, when I asked my friends to be my bridesmaids, I literally just sent them a handmade card. Oh, and it was gorgeous. I mean, I thought it was sweet, and I wrote, you know, a nice note for each of them in it, but I didn't, you know, roll out the red carpet and send them, you know, expensive gifts. It's A, it's not me, and B, it didn't fit my budget. Yeah. So I think finding a way to to thank your bridesmaids that's appropriate for your relationship and for the amount of money you have to work with, I think is totally a good thing. So. I think I've been looking, I did a, I did bridesmaid week a couple of, about a month ago and I found so many great little Etsy finds that were from tote bags. And I think you've posted a few of these as well. I'm sure I found some of them via you as well. These sort of nice little touches that are personalized, but also crafty, but not mass produced and are just really nice, tasteful, small gifts that aren't going to break the bank as well. So 
do check out Etsy. I know I push oh. a lot, but I love Etsy so much. Etsy is a great place to get uh, bridesmaids gifts. I actually, one of the items that I did give to my bridesmaids was I got um, little kind of like makeup bags and I had them embroidered with their names on them. Oh, that's nice. A, a seller on Etsy and they were really inexpensive and cute and personalized. So I thought that was fun. And then I did, I paid for their jewelry and um, also their shoes for the wedding. Um, and so, you know, I did what I could. Um, I think it's really nice and that's all you can do. And you are so right. We keep going back to it, but bridesmaids and groomsmen are there because they love you and they want to be a part of your day. They're not there to, uh, receive goodie bags and give, you know, Oscars style <laughs> cash bags <laughs> because, you know, that's not what it's about. Last quick question. This is from Ingrid. She contacted me via the Facebook page. Thank you, Ingrid. I love your comments. She's very active. It's great. She says, I have a question. What do you think would be the best type of shoe? For a beach wedding. Good question. If you're getting married on the beach? Yeah, it sounds like she's getting married on the beach, which I'm jealous. It sounds already I would like to come along. Um, yeah, considering we're getting more snow in New York today, yeah. I would love to be <laughs> at a beach wedding right now. Um, I would say, especially if you're getting married on the beach in the sand, I mean, I've seen plenty of brides who just go barefoot, and I think that's totally I think so. Great. I think that's lovely if you can do that. Oh, how nice. And you're less likely to break your ankle. <laughs> You I've, know. I've seen, and I, I will try and find the link and put it on the blog. I've seen some some quite hilarious videos of brides that have really clung to the idea of wearing stilettos on a beach. Are you serious? Yes, and it's stupid, and they look ridiculous because they can't walk, and the shoes are filling up with sand. And you are, listen, <sighs> wear the stilettos when you're going to have your photos twenty minutes later, but you don't need to clunk down a, a sandy aisle in right. Louboutins. <laughs> I have a hard enough time walking well on sand, just like going to the beach, not yeah. not even considering wearing a floor length wedding <laughs> dress and holding a bouquet and trying not to fall. Like, yeah. And it's also the brides that choose to wear the big full gowns on the beach. And I think you've got to pick your, uh, you know, you've got to pick your clothing and your attire for, for where you're going to be having this ceremony as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. Barefoot would probably be my first suggestion. Yeah. Next, maybe flip-flops. Um, or, you know, if you a wanted nice... to wear something with a heel, like a wedge, you know, something stable. Or a nice a jazzy sandal as my... Uh... <laughs> jazzy. <laughs> jazzy sandal. A jazzy sandal. Well, look, you know, I, I was sort of looking. There's heaps of um, quite nice Grecian-style sandals that are a bit sexy as well that you, could, that you could perhaps... You could look at. I don't know. It's an option. But I think you're right. Barefoot. Get rid of the ditch the shoes. Save some cash, Ingrid. <laughs> yeah. Probably need a shoe for later on in the night unless you're having a party on the beach. And again, Jessica and I are both available to come along to it because it sounds awesome. Absolutely. There you have it. Now, final question for you. In This is a question for you, Jessica. Oh. Now, I've been asking this as a bit of a routine now, and I'm quite loving the answers. Here it is. Now, if you were to marry your husband again in the very first place that you met him, where would that be? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, we met while working at a deli, yes. um, like a, a sandwich shop. So That's yeah. where it's happening. That's the McAllister's, second wedding. <laughs> McAllister's Deli. It is actually no longer there, sadly. Oh. I know. It's actually the saddest thing. <laughs> um, several of our friends actually who have gone on to get married met 
at the same place. And oh. so it's very sad that like the, the beginning of all of our love stories is like no longer there. That is sad. I love workplace romances. <laughs> I really do. And a deli would be actually a cool place. You could have a deli wedding. I'm sure it's been done, but I, uh, that appeals to me. It actually, if done right, could probably be pretty cute. It had like a very, uh, like retro, like black and white tiled floor. Oh. <laughs> so. But I it's could, no more. I could imagine it, but. Oh, that'd be hip. I, I do like that. Look, I've had Whole Foods weddings. I've had office weddings. I've had, uh, crappy Italian restaurants that you wouldn't take your enemies to weddings. Look, so, <laughs> I mean, we, I like this deli wedding. That's a good one on, on you. You've, you've, uh, you get a gold star for that one. <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right well look it's been a pleasure jessica thank you so much for coming on and helping claire ingrid chloe and jen out gosh we got through some questions this episode yeah very delighted i hope ladies we've given you some uh some solace and if not right back we'll keep going we will keep going until we solve your problems if you would like to get in touch please visit save the date podcast.com slash connect and that will give you all the information if you want to get in touch with jessica how do we do that uh you can find me at the budget savvy i'm also at savvy bride on twitter budget savvy bride on instagram i'm all over you are find me I'm trying we'll be friends. To, I love it. Yes, connect with her. Connect. And also, if you um, if you do, and I hope you have a strict budget, make sure you visit the Budget Savvy Bride. And on the right-hand column in the widget sort of section, you will see all the various little dots that says, you know, all the different price ranges. Click on that, and you'll be able to see what you can get for your money. I love that so much. Thank you. I think yeah. it's very handy. <laughs> She's a very clever lady. All right, until next week, happy days. New to the podcast? Head to acast.com forward slash save the date for the entire back catalog. Start at the beginning. I dare you.